بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم یا من تحل به یقد المکاره و یا من یفتو به حد الشدائه و یا من یلتمس منه المخرج الى روح الفرد بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم الحمد لله و الله على سیدنا محمد و آله الطاهرین Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah and welcome to this podcast series of a commentary on Sahifa Sajjadiyya by Mizan Institute. ثُمَّ ضَرَبَ لَهُ فِي الْحَيَاةِ أَجَلًا مَوْقُوتًا وَنَصَبَ لَهُ أَمَدًا مَحْدُودًا يَتَخَطَّى إِلَيْهِ بِأَيَّامِ عُمُرِهِ وَيَرْهَقُهُ بِأَعْوَامِ دَهْرِهِ After Imam Sajjad explained how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set aside a share of rizq and qut for all of us to the point that if something has been meant for us, no one can get in the way of that. And if something is never to reach us, no matter how much we try, we won't we won't be able to gain it. The Imam goes on here because it seems for some that, okay, this is what we were created for. It might seem for some that this is what we were created for, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings us into this life and He keeps feeding us and taking care of us. But no, no, there's an end to all of this. And so the Imam brings this up here. That that conversation that we usually don't want to have, the conversation of death. Now, there's a point here, a very important point, not just in this dua and this part of the dua, but all in, our, all in all in our literature we find this everywhere, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa the Imams remind us that look, there is an end day, ending, there's, an, there's an end date for everything. Um, it's not like we are going to eternally be living a life like that which we are living right now. No, there is a time that all of it will end. And from this, what we can conclude, brothers and sisters, a very important conclusion to take from this, the fact that there is death is that, okay, so this life is not the destination. This life is not what we're meant for. If the point was the entire uh, philosophy of us being and the wisdom behind us being in this life was that we're here, we live here, we have a good time, Allah feeds us, takes care of us, sustains us. If that was the case, that this is everything, then it didn't, it wouldn't make sense and it wasn't wise. It was not in the wisdom and in accordance with Allah's wisdom to take this from us. The fact that this will end and it is taken from us shows us a very, very important thing here. And that is that we were not created for this life. And Imam Ali has said this, in Nahjul Balagha, we have hadiths for this. It's a it's something that we it's a common theme in our literature that you were created for other than this world and other than this life. Okay, so that is something to keep in mind. The fact that there is a death shows that the destination and goal was not this. If this life is the ultimate goal, why take this life from us? It says, then for each spirit, he strikes a fixed term in life. Ajal is going to be that time period, that time, that moment, that things end. Ajalan mawqutan. Mawqut comes from waqt. It's timed. There's an actual time that this is going to take place. That ending is going to come. come. And when that time comes, since that is the time for it, there's no escaping it. And also for each he sets up, for each person, he sets up a determined end. So these two sentences are kind of saying the same thing here. 
So there is an expiration date, let's call it, a deadline, an ending date, ending day, whatever you want to call it, a time that will come that everything is going to end for us. This deadline, this moment that we are moving towards, this person is taking steps towards it. Yatakhatta is a verb that comes from khutwa, um, which means a step. So these are steps that are being taken towards this day, that day, that time that we are going to, this life is going to end for us. Now here it gets a little poetic. It says, with every day that's passing, through the days of this person's life, this person is walking towards and taking steps towards that ajalan mawqutan or amadan mahduda, that time that has been determined for that person. This person uses up their life through the through the years that they put behind them. Until it reaches a point that this person takes the final step and embraces the reckoning of his span, it says here. Okay. What is meant is, or the way I want to word it, let's say, this person takes that last step of theirs. The last stage of their life, the last step of their life, whatever you want to say. I want to say it like this. This person uses up and exhausts every little bit that that person had when it came to their life and lifespan. Okay, so we have, I, I, I remember one of these great Orafa uh, speaking once about this. Um, he said that, and I think it's based on a hadith, um, that, you know, when the person's time comes to depart from this dunya and for them to pass on this person is told by the angel that look you had this many breaths that you could take in this life those have been used up those have been exhausted you had this much food this much rizq this much of this this much of that this much oxygen whatever you had this much of a share for this as this, this much of a share for that you've used all of this up in other words to that extent, everything is determined for you. And now the time has come to move on. You've used up everything that was put in your account, let's call it. So here it says, That that which was in this person's account of lifetime and lifespan, they've used it all up. I'm being a little loose with the translation here, but I'm trying to make it nicer. So when all of this happens, this person has traversed this life, reached that last step used up their lifespan and exhausted it for whatever it was worth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes this person's life, takes them towards what? Towards that which Allah had told this person to work for, had pushed Allah had pushed this person towards. Do this, do that. Like this life is all an opportunity for us to make the most of it so that we can build our akhirah. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pushed us towards what? Pushed us towards a good akhirah. So Allah takes this person, collects their soul towards what? Sends them towards that which He had pushed them for in this life. Had pushed them to work for in this life. What is that? Mawfur thawabihi. Abundant reward. So this person will be taken to that which Allah wanted 
him to move towards, which is abundant reward. Or this person will be taken to what? Mahdur iqabihi. The punishment that Allah had told this person to be careful about, had warned him about, and told him to protect himself from. But this person might not have listened. And so Allah now, once he takes this person's life, takes him where? Takes him towards what? Takes him towards that iqab and punishment that this person had been warned of, but they didn't do what they needed to to, to protect themselves from it. And then here the Imam adds a couple of verses to what he has said. He tops it off with these verses as if he is supporting what he said with verses of the Quran. This is verse number 31 of Surah An-Najm. Which means all of this is happening. Imam Sajjad is saying all of this is happening that I mentioned. So that what happens? So that Allah will punish those who have done wrong with what they have done. And will reward those who have done good with good. Now, this verse has a little point in it that I want to point out. And that is that it said Allah wants to punish those who have done bad with what they've done. It doesn't say punish them, punish them for the bad they've done with bad. It doesn't say that. But on the flip side, it says, On the flip side, Allah wants to reward those who did good with good. So Allah is rewarding those who did good with good, but punishing those who did bad with, not with bad, but with what they have done. Here, some have pointed this out, and it's a nice point, I like it, where it says that, look, when Allah is rewarding others, it says He will reward others who've done good with good. This implies that good comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But on the flip side, it says Allah is going to punish the ones who did bad, not with bad, but He's going to punish them with whatever they've done. In other words, what they've done itself of evil is going to be their punishment. And this is an embodiment of their own actions. If it had said Allah will punish them for the bad they've done with something bad, it kind of will imply that bad comes from Allah and emanates from Him. But in order to not give that off, and not to make that impression, the verse says, the ones who did bad, Allah wants to reward, to punish them with what they've done. He's just going to give them back what they've done of bad. Bad doesn't come from Allah. But those who have done good, Allah will reward them with good. So the wording there is very interesting. It should have said something like this, asa'u But it said, it says, asa'u bima amilu. Alright, so that's uh, one verse that the Imam mentions here Adlan minhu asma'u. so the fact that Allah is doing all of this is out of Allah's justice no one can question Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment and say why are you giving someone punishment he'll say this is what you sent for yourself yeah and no one can of course question him when he gives good to those who've done good because that's also his justice so this is a form of justice from him asma'u, the one who are immaculate and pure, his qualities, his names. Okay, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the pure, the all pure, the all immaculate, who has the highest qualities and the most purest of names, he's doing this out of justice. You can't expect anything else from someone who's so immaculate. They cannot be unjust to anybody. Okay, so that's one verse. Let me also add this. The one who is immaculate and the one whose blessings are apparent. Anyone can acknowledge how many blessings Allah has given to all of creation. 
But then this is the verse that he also cites the Imam. He says, لا يسألوا عما يفعل وهم يسألون. Surah Anbiya verse 22, which means he is not questioned for what he does, but rather they, the people, are questioned. And so when a person looks at this verse, of course, the Imam is adding this verse here because he was talking about justice. Allah is doing all of this out of justice. As a result, he's not the one who's going to be questioned. The people are going to be questioned. But now someone reads this verse and kind of gets a little upset, offended, whatever, you know, the times we're in right now, the smallest things will offend people. <laughs> so it says, someone will say, oh, that's not fair. God can do whatever he wants and no one can question him. But when we do stuff, we can be questioned. And I think the answer to this is pretty clear, but I'm going to say it anyway. That look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He says, لا يسأل عما يفعل, That I'm not going to be questioned for what I do. It's not because I might do something right or wrong, but because I'm the all-powerful, you can't question me. But rather, it's that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so perfect and will never ever do anything that is influenced by anything. And what He does is out of justice, only, if not even more. Sometimes he works. He, he will act out of justice, sometimes even more than that, out of grace. And he will go extra out of his way for us, so to speak, of course. So this is, this is the type of God we're talking about. A, a, pers- a God, an entity that does things based on total justice or grace and mercy, there's no need ever to question him. It's not that he will do whatever he wants of right or wrong and you can't question him because you're not strong enough. No, no, no. It's because it's impossible for him to do something wrong. Only good and right comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you know that only good and, and justice comes from someone, then you don't question what they do. On the flip side though, the people are not like that. If Allah is not influenced by all those things I listed, the people are influenced. Personal interests, pleasure and desire seeking, self-gratification, etc., etc. So people, when they make decisions and they act, they act not based on only justice or grace and mercy. No, 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 no. Lots of times, lots of times, it is based on other than those. And when those personal interests come into the equation, dhulm happens, oppression has happens, transgression happens, trampling of, of, right, of people's rights happens, making unwise decisions happens, etc. And when with that, comes the possibility of questioning. You can question someone that has the possibility of doing right and wrong because they are under the influence of personal desire and interests. Because these don't hold when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's not even an applicable question to ask. Oh, can we question God or not? It's, it's, an, it's not applicable. Okay, so here the Imam ends this segment of the dua and then he starts a new segment where he speaks of how even when it comes to the the gratitude that we're supposed to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the gratefulness we're supposed to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even that is a blessing by Allah. That is something that Allah has allowed us. Or else, if Allah hadn't allowed that, if Allah hadn't blessed us with that, we wouldn't have even known that it's Him behind all of these things. These are things to think about, brothers and sisters. The Imam brings these up for a reason. And this is not the only place the Imam brings these up. This is all over our literature. The Imams in their du'as, you will have stories about maybe even anbiya and prophets of God, like Prophet Musa that Allah tells them that what I like about you is the fact that you even thank me for your gratefulness. Things like that you'll hear here and there, different stories. So this in that new segment, in that next segment, 
the Imam, he starts speaking about this matter. We'll talk about that inshallah in our next session. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.